To Moving Iron Podcast Wednesday show number seven. I've got two special guests on here. Normally, I've got Brent on here from Dryland Farmer Podcast, but I've got his sidekick, Landon, no twit 44, on there as well. So, Landon, how you doing, buddy? Doing good. How are you? Doing great, man. Brent, how you doing, bud? Fine. <laughs> you got his Twitter handle wrong. It's not no twit forty four. <laughs> said, well, it's like Landon no twit Landon forty four, right? Oh, is that it? Well, that's true. Follow along. Brent, you're just rubber. Brent, you're just mad because you're rubber bouncing that. ball, bro. Don't get don't get I'm mad, used, dude. I'm used to being first. Yeah, I'm the youngest child. That's what she said. Going. Gotcha. <laughs> no, I'm not used to it. I am first. <laughs> right on fellas all right so there is uh, a million things going on right now and for those of you that don't know where to find the dryland fire podcast brent and landon where's the best place to find that at landon why don't you do it you're gonna find it the same place you find the moving air podcast that's all a good place Stitcher soundcloud iTunes, the Global Ag Network website, and you're going to follow us on Twitter at No at a Toad Trader Brent. I'm, and if I keep having more losing trades, I am going to be No Trader Brent. <laughs> at Trader Brent, at Trader Brent is my handle. And Landon, we've already said it before. Let's let's clear up the confusion right now. No Twit Landon forty four. And we're all over Facebook, even though Landon's the only one that uses that source as a download for the Dryland Farmer Podcast. My space doesn't work. No, no, it doesn't. Boy, AOL. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. No, your Facebook app isn't compatible. No, is it? Can you have, do you have a flip phone compatible app for your Facebook? I, I still get on XI. <laughs> 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 no, I don't, I don't, you on, probably can get on, on it on your flip phone. Your, your Tandy 1000 you got right there. <laughs> yeah, my Samsung. Yeah. <laughs> Landon has, uh, has the only bag phone that actually has a built-in camera, so that's why we can yeah. see him today. Yeah, yeah. So we're That's so right. This That's is right. this is a goofy way I protect my identity. That was another podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, you right want to listen to that one? Right on. You can find the Moving Iron podcast on all the same places Brent just rambled off there, but you can also check me out at uh, Moving Iron LLC on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Not so much Facebook anymore because Facebook kind of sucks. I'm not gonna lie to you. And then uh, also check out MovingIronLLC.com for all the latest. Moving Iron Podcast blogs, as well as uh, all the, the latest editions of the Moving Iron Podcast. So, fellas, no lack of uh, news to talk about here. Plenty of funny stuff going on. I listened to a whole diatribe today on Fox News about this stupid impeachment thing that nobody can seem to get their hands wrapped around. Um, but uh, there is a uh, there's a crazy amount of stuff going on. So, I guess, what's going on in your neck of the woods right now, and what do you guys see happening out there? Well, uh, Casey, as you said, the whole impeachment thing, I didn't really watch the game today because I was actually trying to make a living stripping cotton, and that usually doesn't happen when you're harvesting cotton. But uh, nonetheless, I did work today. So uh, now we're uh, we're starting to get at the very tail end of the harvest season. We got all the corn out, all the milo out, and now we're starting to get all of the cotton out. We uh, didn't have a whole bunch of cotton. We lost a good part of it back in the uh, spring due to uh, – Believe it or not, wet weather, but we got it. We've got about a circle and a half left right now. We're uh, currently stripping as we speak. I got off the stripper. That's what she said, and I let a brother get on it. That's what she said, and um, so they're working right now. I just heard it on the uh, two-way radio as I went upstairs to get some more coffee. But uh, is that what your brother's doing instead of watching Days of Our Lives? Now, he's uh, now that that one's on the module builder. <laughs> no, I told. I don't know if I've told the story on to Casey before or not, but back when I was at Texas Tech, I uh, worked for a cotton farmer down there, and I was on the bus one class one day, and it was during uh, cotton season, and or harvest season, and uh, I uh, was on the phone with him, and of course, everybody around me could only hear my side of the conversation, so I uh, made it a point to say, instead of say cotton stripper, talk about just the stripper and see how many looks I would get, and I did get a couple. So it was uh, pretty entertaining just for myself. I would say, yeah, we we worked at stripper pretty hard last night. We may want to, <laughs> and I, I referred to her like a boat. 
and I give her a female pronoun, you know, like uh, she's coming abroad or she's coming, you know. And then you're she, talking about making bells, so they probably thought it was a real wild night. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we made bells. <laughs> well, well I, I was making bills, is what I said. I kind of slurred my A into an I and made a bill, like $100 in singles and all that. So, uh, yeah, we put a lot of singles in her last night, and, uh, you know, we, we probably better fuel her up today because she's going to get rode hard to die. Got, got her in a module. Yeah, <laughs> got her in a module builder. So, uh, yeah, that was a, a little personal excitement that I had that day on the show. Well, like I always say, you can't trust a stripper. That's what I always say. No, you can. I'm in love with a stripper. So, uh, anyway, one of the best songs ever written. And speaking of songs, Kanye is now a Jesus freak. Yeah, and I he saw that. He did the song Gold Digger. So uh, now he's making like Kim like dress like a jihadi wife now or something, isn't he? Isn't he? <laughs> I, have no idea. I couldn't tell you, but that, I've, I've you I heard it. Kardashian reality show, Brent? No, but my sister-in-law does. Oh, nice. I wouldn't keep up with that family if they mailed me a check to watch it. So uh, no, yeah. So uh, back to uh, yeah, we're about to. We've got about a circle and a half left of cotton. We'll be done hopefully by the end of the week. And uh, well, yeah, I'd say by the end of the week and. We're, We've got a pretty, I uh, was on the uh, NOAA website yesterday, they got a pretty heavy uh, wet forecast in the 6 to 10 day, like pretty much all the way across the country. We're kind of in that darker green, and uh, I guess, Casey, you're kind of almost, you're in the lighter green, but you're still in the uh, in the wet area, what it looked like. And it's above average temperature, so it's not going to snow. Yeah, it's a, uh, we, we've had a weird speck of, of weather here. We, out here we've had a, uh, let's see, we had, Sunday night, Monday, we we had like teens and about an inch of snow, and then uh, we woke up on Tuesday morning, and there was uh, it was one degree, and by the end of the day, it was fifty five. So right. we had a pretty big swing in temperatures. Um, this weekend's supposed to be in the sixties, and then I believe, like you talked about, it's supposed to be some wet weather roll through here and and uh, do some craziness. But Man, long story short, it's been a it's been a wicked weather year. No matter where you're at, whether it's it, it can't make its mind up what it wants to be. It's either wanting to be too wet or too warm or too cold or something like that. So it's it's been uh, it's been wrecking havoc out there. But you know, for those of you who don't know, Landon is the uh, he works at the co-op there in <clears throat> in Hereford. And, and uh, what's the uh, kind of what's what's the skinny scene out there, man? What what are the is it is it above or below average when you look at yields on corn and those kind of things? Oh, we're we're probably just a little bit below average, but but it's it's winding down. We're 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 happy with with what with the grain we've got this year. Right. So we thought it could have been bad earlier, but it, it turned out okay. So before you go any further, have you heard the joke about the three strippers sitting around talking about and they can figure out who their John or what their Johns did for a living? No, I haven't. Have you heard that one, Casey? I haven't heard that one. Enlighten me. Oh man, it's awesome. So the first one, she uh, she's like, yeah, you know, this guy, he was a uh, always worried. He was worried about the money. He was making sure, you know, he would show. I wanted to come back and collect on him. So I'm pretty certain uh, he, this guy, was a beater, a banker, or a lawyer. So I, we just kind of did everything up front. And um, as it turns out, I was right. He was a banker. And then so the second one, he, uh, she's like, yeah, you know. This guy was always talking about, you know, whether I was going to come through in the end and whether this is all going to, you know, come to fruition like everything was planned. And this guy was definitely a lawyer. So and as it turned out, yeah, he was a lawyer. And then the last stripper goes, well, I'm pretty sure my guy was a farmer. Like, how how the hell do you know that guy was a farmer by, by that? It's like, well, first he complained about it being too wet. Then he complained about it being too dry. <laughs> then when it was over... And then when it was over, he wanted a free cap. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I love that joke. That's, a good That's one. one of my favorites. That is a good joke. That is Man, a great I've one. Always got, I've noticed Land is always kind of, uh, not generic, but kind of cryptic on his uh, report from the co-op. Why is that, Landon? You don't ever really want to give numbers. Like how many millions of pounds you've gotten in. Yeah. I mean, when the annual meeting comes around this next August, I'm going to put it all over the internet. <laughs> We're gonna identify identity theft the hell out of that place. I've, I've seen enough farmers <clears throat> talk to each other about yields and stuff, and I just I, I hate it. I don't I don't want to talk numbers. Yeah, because the the, the the farmer that says his yield first is gonna be the loser. Yeah, every, every time, time, every time. But you know, it's kind of it's a double. I don't think the double edged sword is the right word, but 
or phrase, but a lot of the times when it's bad, people, uh, farmers will compete who had it the worst. You know, yeah. but if it's a oh, good yeah. year, yeah, it's a good year, they're competing, you know, obviously, who's the best. But nobody's trying to be the best in a bad year. That just doesn't, you know, no. doesn't go in farmer in, in farmer talk. Yeah. So, uh, and Landon, once again, like you said, Landon's at the co-op, and that's like the social center of the far, uh-oh, I'm down to 10%. On my iPad here, but um, yeah, Landon, you probably you've heard it all. Yeah, I've heard a lot. I've learned a lot. Have right you on. learned a lot? I think so. I don't know how much I've retained. Yeah, I hope I hope you haven't retained much because. Yeah. So yeah, but no, you know, as far as our operation go, you know, we were obviously off on yield. You know, we we had some better than expected results. You know, because here we had, but uh, you know, a lot of the cotton we haven't we haven't gotten it ginned or anything yet. Uh, but this is the quickest they've ever picked it up because. Last year on the gin we go to ginned about over a hundred thousand bales, and this year it's going to be way off of that. You know, closer to maybe thirty or something. And um, so it would take them at least um, maybe five to six weeks between the time you tagged that module in with a number and the time they came and picked it up. And now we can't even get them painted. You know, we paint the numbers on them, and um, now you can't even get it painted fast enough before they're picking it up. So yesterday. I just saw trucks showing up, and I called him like, "Hey, dude, those things aren't painted yet." And he's like, "Oh, that's okay. We're just painting them on the side as we go on." So, do you ever paint like dirty pictures on the side? It's of been the done, but I've never had. Like, if I have like an eighty-eight or like no, like a double zero, I put dots in the middle. Are all your modules sixty-nine? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how my modules always get that number, but they do. You know, yeah. So, uh, yeah. How does that work? Does does the gin tell you what numbers? Yeah, you call in and they give you a set of numbers. Um, you know, like for instance, so last year, if, if you say you tagged in a set of numbers on a Monday, say, and they give you like say numbers 1000 through 1010, and as heavy as last year was, if you tagged another set in maybe two days later, you might there might already be another thousand numbers tagged in by the time you got this next set. And this year, my first set was about 50 numbers apart. <laughs> so that just tells you how light it is on the cotton this year. So um, it's, uh, yeah, cotton's light, everything. I know the Lubbock area, which is, you know, center of cotton country, it's way light. And yet cotton does not get out of the 62, 64 cent range. Yeah, it's, so, uh, <clears throat> cotton's been a tough one this year, man. It's been all over so the place. When's the last time on Twitter you not seen at the end of a year where farmers say, I'm so glad for this year to be over? When's the last time that hasn't been said, Casey? Landon, anybody? I, I can't remember any time that hasn't been said. I've only been on Twitter for like 18 months. Well, that's true. <laughs> or, or in general public or at the co-op, Landon. Maybe 2010. It seemed like everybody was pretty happy. Yeah, and then by God, that, that, that got yeah. snuffed out. Yeah, any... Any goodwill we had built up after <laughs> yeah. just, just got flushed right that, that hope, yeah, that hope got flushed down like a healthy turd. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just around the dealership, I can't remember any time anybody said, "I sure wish we had more acres to harvest." This no, time, man, I've never, I've never yeah. heard anyone say that. So, and yet the cash leases still get eaten up up there, don't they? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, what makes there's, sense. There's people lined up around the block to get to. Well, I don't know, not so much anymore, but two, or three years ago, yeah, there are plenty of people getting after it. Just, just for your edification, you did hit record. I did. Yeah, we're, we're okay, recording. Just making sure. Live and well. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, we're getting after it. <laughs> getting after it. All right. So, Brent, what do you got on your mind? What's what's up? What's up for the Wednesday show here? Oh man, let's say. Well, you know, uh, once again, the impeachment hearing started today, and I don't know if it's going to affect you know farmers or anything. But you know, I said in our uh, podcast, I don't know if I did. I said the podcast the, earlier that the Democrats. I mean, they're gonna. I figure they're gonna impeach him. I mean, they're gonna file it. I mean, they can't not impeach him now. Yeah, I mean, they have to do it now for their own party. Brent, Brent was here making a, trying to make a song parody from the Millions of Peaches song. <laughs> Peaches by the Presidents of the United States of America. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Impeachments for free. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it's costing money. Don't worry about oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> that impeachment thing, man, I'll tell you what. It's, it's one of those things where there's been... 
there's really no hard evidence or really I mean there's nothing there that they can sit there and say you know what I think I think we got something here and it's 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 kind of a joke. Like I listened to it today, and they had a couple, a couple ambassadors on from somewhere. I don't remember where they were from, and basically all of them were talking about their opinion and nothing that had any real substance to it. So no facts. Yeah. So I'm yeah. Like, yeah God bless you guys. Good luck. What was it? Dragnet. Just the facts, ma'am. Yeah. Just the facts. Yes. Yeah. 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 Or was that Leslie Nielsen in the Naked Gun? I can't remember. No, that was, was Dragnet. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, so yeah, you know, as far as the impeachment goes, I mean. I figure they're gonna have, they're gonna I mean they'll have to do it because um, they're not gonna go through all of this and have egg on their face or at least in their mind and not go through with it because I mean like I said all they need is a majority vote and right. um, they've obviously they've got that and um, just the inquiry got zero Republicans and I think what did two Democrats maybe vote with the Republicans. Think yeah, that, think that was the case. Something like that. <laughs> yeah, but absolutely, and you would expect that. I mean, yeah. absolutely, no bipartisan report, uh, support. So, uh, right. it's. Um, I mean, it's it's a kind of a joke, but it's extremely scary at the same time because I mean, it, nothing, the truth doesn't matter anymore. <clears throat> I mean, it absolutely does not matter anymore. It's all about power, and I mean, of course, it's been that way forever. But uh, people will always be imperfect, and they'll always want more power. So uh, that's your Ayn Rand quote of the day for who what was the other guy uh, who wrote 1984 George Orwell yeah so yep. um, that was the one of the book one of the few books I read all the way through in the high school I almost read Animal Farm all the way through Animal Farm is pretty good I read that one I didn't we didn't read 1984 I don't yep. I think we did but I read Animal Farm I, was, I read I read before. Animal Farm and I watched 1984 the movie yeah. How, so how easy? I, I lived 1984. I was, that's not, <laughs> that's not terrible too. <laughs> <laughs> no, those those pigs in Animal Farm they were they messed up. Dude, yeah. man, they were freaking. They were hogging all the glory. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but how easy is it now? You can get everything on Audible. Oh yeah. Everything. Kids don't have to read jack crap no more. Mm. Like listen to my language. I, I don't. I don't talk good either. <laughs> you, talk, you talk just as, as good or as I do. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. But I mean, you can listen to it all now. I mean, yep. forget Cliff Notes. You remember that? Like junior high, and they're like, "I want you to read the first two chapters," and you're like, you have all this crap to do at home, and you're like, "I got to read sixty pages tonight. I, that, I can't do that." That's a hot one. Yeah, she gave us Watership Down. Did you get that book about the rabbits? It was yeah. like 400, 500 pages. It might as well have been the Bible to me to be able to read this <laughs> as an eighth grader. I'm like, that's a hot one. And looking back, I, I must have thought my teachers were complete idiots because the tests, all you had to do was read the book. And all they, I'm sure all the test was was just to see if you read it, not to see if you got anything out of it. It was just asking like simple facts like, who is the main character? <laughs> Who is the author? You know, and I can barely get that right. You just can't bullcrap your way through that. So, uh, yeah. We had, I had a, in eighth grade, I had a, we had a teacher that, that, uh, who read that book, The Outsiders. You know, it's where okay. the, the socias and the greasers and all that, and they made a movie, and like Patrick Swayze and Rob Lowe and all of them were in it. Oh, know, like Pony Boy and all yeah, them? Yeah, Pony or? Boy and all of them, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, we go through. The Karate Kid was in that. Yeah, wasn't he? yeah, he was. He yeah. got he got killed in the fire. But uh, Ralph Macchio. Ralph Macchio. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. So we read Ralph the whole book. We read the whole book all the way through. And then she's like, "Now we're gonna watch the movie." And I'm like, "Why didn't oh, we just? Awesome. Why didn't we just watch the movie to start with? <laughs> it's been so much easier." What was all that reading for? I, I can't believe there's a book to that. <laughs> to yeah, we read, we read the whole book, and it took us uh, the first nine weeks of the of the semester to read that book and then we had the, the second nine weeks because it was like a four hour movie I think or something like that and that was about yeah, you know, a had, pretty long movie you had 30 minute classes or something like that so you know you break it into classes and then we had to talk about it and how it compared to the book and everything else I'm like Really? Well, could you imagine if you did, if, if you had to read the book Dances with Wolves, that'd take like nine months. Oh my god, yeah. Let alone nine weeks. There was a, there was no. a class in high school um, I didn't, obviously I wasn't in this class but they Did read, you go to high school? Barely. Barely. <laughs> there, there was, I think they read, it was like War and Peace or something like that. One of those epic, not like one of those huge, like thousand page like, books or whatever. War. Oh man, just went forever. And they read, that was the whole semester. That was the class reading that book. 
Yeah, that, that was actually supposed to be called War. What is it good for? <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. was Trotsky's mistress who wanted yeah. him to pay. Yeah. War, what is it good for? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> oh, God. So, uh, yeah, I had to go get a charge cord. I was uh, getting down to 5%, and the charge cord I had would not charge my iPad. It'll charge my phone, but not my iPad. So that's why I'm breathing really hard. That's what she said. I'm not on the Jocko workout schedule or whatever that's called. Jock strap work, workout. Where you wake up and get after it? Yeah. Yeah. I think of my gym is called running the Magnum Mile now. Although, in my defense, I do get up, I do wake up at four in the morning to go pee uh-huh. and then I go back to bed. I get up at four I in the take, morning. Huh? I get up at four in the morning to hit snooze before I go back, get up at four 30. So does your wife, does she have to get up early to go work or? No, no. She's, my wife has a, she has a part-time gig working for the church. uh, Like a, I don't know what you call it. Like the, uh, every year they have a big fundraiser and she's, she's the head of that fundraiser. So it's a, it's a part-time gig except for about the last three months of the year leading up to it. And then it's kind of a full-time job. So she's. Nine months out of the year, she doesn't do, uh, doesn't have a job other than taking care of the kids, which is a job that I don't want. So, um, <laughs> listen to that. He doesn't want to take care of. Me. So I totally just missed my chance. He said it's a church. It's at church. I don't know what it's about. It's like it's where people go to worship Jesus. <laughs> yeah. But that's not important right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so. What did you do? I, I hit it on the head. Uh, you texted me something. Uh, I said, "What was it?" And I said, "It's where." Uh, Something go. I'll oh yeah. Look it up. I hit it on the head, but that's from a what airplane? Yeah. Oh, what a great movie. Yeah, that was a good. Yeah, really this is totally all about uh, moving iron and all so, that stuff. So, does your wife have to like organize like the like the cakewalks, fundraising stuff? Yeah, no, it's it's not like that. They have a big like uh, it's a big uh, very formal like dinner auction thing, and uh, oh, okay. so they have they have a pretty big pretty big deal. But my my deal with um, with the kid thing, I mean, my wife told me she loved me three times, and now I've got three kids, so I don't know how that, how that worked <laughs> out. You, know. you need to go to adamandeve.com. Yeah. <laughs> Email, it's where you send documents over the internet. Yeah, that's, that's right. right. Yeah. Now. Yeah. yeah, that's Brent wants me to send me a proof of email, and I'm like, you know, just send, trying to be fancy with my texts and, and, and thrifty, and so I just send email with a question mark, and yeah. he explains to me what email is. <laughs> Email. It's where you send documents over the internet. That's not important right now. Yeah. <laughs> the cockpit, what is it? So three days later, I finally... Yeah. And they're all out of focus, too. So he did it with his uh, dot matrix yeah. printer. Did you change the ribbon out this year on that printer fit yet? We typically do every year, whether it's or not. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you go to her for grain, and all you ever hear is... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're a progressive outfit, Casey. Most co-ops yes. are. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, so I, I'm trying to scour <laughs> AgWeb here, Casey, for anything. It says, hashtag Harvest19, low test weights could drop corn carryover significantly. You think? The crop progress, you know, the crop progress report pegs corn at 66% and soybeans at 85%, an improvement over last week, but behind the five-year average. Didn't the five-year average like 100% by now? Yeah. USDA might have something to say about that. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, who are they quoting here? Bill Biederman. <laughs> That's not a real guy. <laughs> I don't that guy. <laughs> USDA did iterations with a lot of crop in the field, but how did they estimate average ear weight, says Bill Biederman of agmarket.net to Ag Day host Clinton Griffiths. We're just getting into later planted corn and test weights in North Dakota. And for example, they are at forty-five to fifty-three pounds. Whoa! Well, that was, Lennon, that was sitting under snow. I mean, what do you expect? Lennon, do you, y'all y'all reject stuff under a certain date weight, don't you? I don't. I don't, I don't know if I've ever seen corn that way. I, I have no idea, Brad. For, but forty-five to fifty-three pounds. It's not like yeah, fifty-three to fifty-nine pounds. Yeah, the top end is fifty-three. If I've ever seen fifty-three corn, it's not. You know, it's like dryland or something. So it's not. Yeah, it hasn't been all. Wisconsin has fifty-four to fifty-nine pound test weights, and they haven't gotten into late or immature corn yet. Bill Biederman says. <laughs> I love that name, William Biederman. <laughs> That's what happens when you plant corn 
two months after you're supposed to plant it, and then it doesn't ever mature. I mean, that's that's kind of, yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm gonna write Bill Biederman's name down. That's got to That's that's like the best name I've heard in a long time. Biederman, I barely knew him. <laughs> <laughs> Wrecked him. Hell, it damn near killed him. <laughs> oh man, God, we're getting nowhere fast here. So this story, the, I mean, test weights. I mean, obviously, are a serious issue. Like, you think it's that big to decrease the yield? Man, I wonder what the formula is for. I mean, I'm sure there's a formula for test weight per loss of bushel, I guess, on a national level. All I know is this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to put this out there right now. I think oh. when the January crop report comes out, you're going to see a, a 10 to 15 bushel per acre drop by the USDA. And it's going to be just gross. I mean, historically, 93 and, and, and uh, oh, what else, like 2003 or whatever it was in there, that whenever they had the next, those, those real wet seasons like that, they've, they've all dropped those USDA numbers by 10 to 15 bushels per acre um and you're going to see that happen again and you know as guys that go out and farm for a living and and do the stuff that's out there the markets right now are reacting to what the usda is saying but they're slow they're slow to put out the information that they know is right they're making these little corrections along the way and you know i'm <clears throat> i'm just telling you I, I just feel like it's it's sickening to me what how how what the USDA is doing to the, to the soybean and, and corn markets. So Bill Biederman, if I just went, did my homework a little bit, if you average test weights into total U.S. production and it affects just one pound per bushel, that's 1.7% down to a 165 kind of yield. That changes USDA numbers, dropping production down 300 million bushels. However, our early calculations show this could be about to two pounds or four bushels per acre lower. Four, let's see. So he's saying, however, our early calculations show this could be about to two pounds or four bushels per acre lower. That sounds significant. That does, uh, that's per unit of measurement. That's not like total. That's so you're looking at, if you, before, I did the math real quick in my head, and assuming that I understand what you said, right? You're talking about decreasing the uh, carry out by 1.2 million bushels. If I did, if you're talking like one one pound is three hundred million bushels, right? So that'd so be one point two billion bushels. Is that right? One one oh so, okay. So if the average test weights in the U.S. total U.S. production and it affects just one pound per bushel, that's one point seven percent down to a one hundred and sixty five bushel kind of a kind of yield. That changes the USDA numbers, dropping production down 300 million bushels. However, our early calculations show this could be about to, up to two pounds or four bushels per acre lower. Don't forget the effect low test weight has on livestock feeders too. While energy tests aren't coming in droves yet, feedermen expect producers will need to feed and grind more, more because energy content is low. He says farmers could see corn carryover dive to 1.3 to 1.5 billion bushels instead of 1.9 billion bushels. So there you go, which that's this guy's opinion. I think he's right. Because yeah. the more I look at I stuff that's going on, and I mean, I just, you know, normally you get on Twitter here and you'll you'll see guys out there like, this is the best crop we've farmed in the last 65 years, you know, and, and they've got, they're showing their yield monitors and everything that's going on there. I, all I've seen this year for the most part, now it's who's posting and what I've seen when I've been posting, but, we're off 20%. We're off 25%. We're down 15% from where we were last year. I just, the more I look at this, the less the less confidence I have in what the USDA is actually reporting. Yeah, but on the flip side, they, some was it, we said this, what, a month or so ago, or reported it, that um, most of the time people get pissed off the USDA and they end up being fairly close to right. <laughs> That's the problem. I'm going to have to check out, fellas. My, my kid, she, is my, she losing it? My kid found the stairs. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, man. Later. See you, Lynn. Take care, buddy. She's got our, she's got the Halloween pumpkins. So, uh, she's, uh, it's getting, it's, we're in the central time zone. So she's getting all excited. That's on a full nap too. That's on a full nap. So yeah, you know, it's a, uh, I don't know. It's, it's a conundrum or it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a crazy for, uh, formula that we have to go through. So, 
and um, there's obviously human error involved. But that that's a pretty interesting article there about the uh, low test weights and how they just significantly drop corn carry out. So um, yeah, which everybody knows that to right. say the least. So yeah. That's yeah. that's that's the big headline on AgWeb that I see. Well, I mean, let's just talk about your little microcosm you have down there. I mean, what, what most guys you talk to down there, how are they are they where they're supposed to be at? Where where you know uh, chopper weights? You know, we're looking at tons per acre and all those kind of stuff. Oh, the, and bushels per acre and those kind of things of corn that's been harvested. Was it where it was last year? Oh, the the silage especially big time lower. There was a when a harvest started out. You know, you were hearing fifteen. You were hearing just complete wrecks. You were hearing fifteen tons. Uh, you know, seventeen tons. Finally, you got into some of the more got into more of the uh, heavy uh, heavy harvest part of the season. And I um, mean, you, know, you were starting to get up into the 20, 22, 23 tons, but still nobody's happy with that. You know, you want that high twenties to you know thirty oh, ton, yeah. thirty ton bill Absolutely. on the corn and. Uh, you just didn't hear it, you know. And of course, we're right dead center in the middle of a, uh, uh, you know, beef, and of course now dairy country. But um, you know, those all those numbers were uh, just you know half, like fifty percent off. So um, you know, you get fifteen tons, you're not even. I don't even see how you're breaking even. You know, it takes so many tons just to pay the dang harvest. Um, you know, and that's if you don't have to haul it very far. So you know, I don't know how short these guys are going to be on silage. Of course, we've got. They've also got the uh, DDGs going out of Hereford pretty hard, which all oh, that's railed in. You know, I don't think anybody sells uh, corn uh, locally. It's all railed in from the Midwest, so we couldn't we couldn't supply them for more than probably two weeks. There's just not enough corn grown here, and it's getting less because we've got less water to irrigate with. So right. um, you know, the feed side of it, at least in uh, you know cattle country, it's. Uh, unless they had leftovers from last year, I would think it's got to be fairly tight. And that's so the part. Have to supplement. That's the part in this whole scenario that I think when they, people talk about carry out and those kind of things is the, the amount of corn that goes into feeding cows or hogs or whatever it is, chickens or whatever it is. There's, that's a significant amount of our of our overall um, storage that we have. The majority of that corn that we grow or soybean meal or whatever it is goes to feed livestock and, and that's the, if we're short already for just domestic use and then you throw on top of that you know like you talk about the silage thing same thing out here the silage deal is not nearly as as has been as big as it should have been or normally have been and the number of acres that they could even go ahead and cut because of either wasn't mature enough or there wasn't enough it was too wet or whatever it is that stuff is starting to pile up. We have I've heard guys in Iowa and Illinois that were contracting silage in Texas because they couldn't grow, they couldn't plant oh, wow. silage, you know. I mean, so those those are some some pretty significant things that are going to start taking place. Even if you start talking about the stuff that was the uh the uh um preventive plant stuff when they kind of went back and, and kind of reorganized those rules a little bit to, so they could go back and plant crops in there like corn and stuff like that, short season corn and those kind of things for silage use. Um, even that's not going to be productive because most of it got flooded back out again. So there's there's a uh, there's a significant issue coming down the pike here with with harvest this year that is, is that is just being overlooked by just not necessarily people that are that are on Twitter and and on the internet and looking out and see what's going on, but just the people that are crunching the numbers. It just seems like they're missing the big picture. Forest for the trees, I guess is a better way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That is a good way of putting it, you know? So, um, it, it's just a wait and see game. I guess that's what it's amounted to. If you can wait till basically the turn of the, turn of the year, um, and, uh, see how things, you know, report from then, because then, you know, at least that's the final number. I don't know if it's the actual real number, but it's the final number. And, um, at that point it's demand. I guess always, demand's always obviously in the, in the cards, but, um, with the tariff talk and everything, but uh yeah as far as the supply side you'll get your final number and i mean from there it's if we can get this stuff sold i mean you would think the crop is small enough that demand would just have to be eat you know would have to be read for it so it's a it's a tough deal i mean when you got low yields low low prices that's a that's a recipe for disaster so you know like this cotton deal you know i, I i'm shocked about the cotton markets of anything because all areas, you know, you, cotton's only grown in so many areas, you know, southeast and the Delta and the te- uh, 
Texas South Plains, you know, and, and some over in Arizona, but all of those places had detrimental weather. I mean, all through the season, let alone, it's not like it was all one event. It was different places for different reasons. And um, they're still predict, they're still trying to predict what 22 million bales or something. And, um, you know, Lubbock is the Lubbock area is, I don't know, it's gotta be 20% down. They had a, they had a, they didn't see, we had all that early moisture in the spring. And of course we lost a lot of cotton uh, emergence due to that, but they didn't have any of that. And then they also had a lack of rain like we did throughout the summer. And then they had a heavy rain event in late, late summer. And that cotton absolutely hates that. It hates that. And um, I can't imagine cotton, the qual- let alone the yield, the quality. It's, you know, um, unless you got your cotton out, you know, at a certain time, um, you know, your color is going to hurt. You know, like the micronair, the thickness of that cell, of that uh, fiber wall, you know, that's always a big deal. They'll discount just the ever living dog out of you if your mic is not in the correct range. But um, this year, it's all about uh, color and um, your staple length. The, uh, that season just was uh, wreaked havoc on the staple length. So um, as long as you get them in there, if you get that color and that staple, you know, your grades should be pretty good. But um, uh, if you, if you're basically one mark away from good color, you're going from a loan of about 50, you know, four cents to a loan of, you know, 49 and, um, that they discount you the, you know, it's just, it's a bad deal. So uh, you really hope that, hope that uh, color stays at least, at least, uh, somewhere where you can handle it. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, crop price, I mean, it doesn't matter where you're at in the world right now. I mean, Sean Hackett on here all the time talking about stuff that's going on around the world and, we were talking about uh, basically the southern hemisphere, which is going through spring right now, um, is having a very similar effect in their weather, the same that we saw here in the spring. Very wet, very cool, um, and it's affecting everything from the milk production in New Zealand all the way through, I mean, parts of uh, Argentina, key, key growing areas of Argentina for, our, for soybeans are, are wet and cool right now, and they're not having the emergence, and they're not having the... Uh, the, the crop take off like it's supposed to. So, I mean, there's a problem, big problem around the world. And it's, it's a, it's a weather issue and has zero to do with, uh, my opinion, has nothing to do with, um, uh, global warming has everything to do with the effect the sun has on the earth. And we're seeing, uh, the sun activity, uh, sunspot activity, uh, calm way down and, uh, you know, going through, uh, what, scientifically yeah, this, proven grand solar minimum and those kind of things so yeah um, that's what 11 year cycle isn't it uh, no it's like 30 year cycle it's a big it's a, oh 30 year cycle oh, okay. yeah okay yeah i mean there's 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 like magnitudes throughout that 30 right. year of a cycle but some are worse than others and but so i don't know i think it's going to be a, a this is one of those times where we're going to have a, a lot of people get their heads together and try to figure out how we're going to carry on um and grow um grow our markets and, and grow crops to be sustainable here uh, around the world. And I think it's going to be a, a significant change on how we look at agriculture over the next five years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to think you can uh, affect the weather is, uh, and I know weather and climate are two different things, but the um, I think people are overestimating our impact on a global um, climate you know, the sun, the sun may have a little bit more to do with it than we do. I mean, and, and I go back to, you know, people say this, these are unprecedented weather events. Well, every time there's a hurricane, it's unprecedented. You know, what do modern weather uh, statistics go back, what, 140 years, maybe? And that's in the industrialized, that's in the first world countries, let alone, you know, well, I mean, I guess first world countries pretty much take care of everybody's weather statistics across the world but uh you know what happened in the 1700s what happened in the 1600s and uh, how old's the planet it's kind of old so to say stuff is unprecedented what brought us out of the ice age a, a bunch of neanderthal a bunch of moose trucks i yeah. mean what, no what i mean it, those you know? cavemen all had suvs and yeah and and had there was a big me too movement going on during oh, then yeah. when they because they were beating their wives over. Uh, of course, I don't know if there was formal marriage ceremonies, but they would beat them over the head and bring them back to the cave. Yep, and it was just yeah. little things like that, you know. Yeah, so um, I think I think we're overestimating ourselves just a little bit. So yeah, but um, yeah, as far as the market today, though, you know, it was a kind of a washout. I guess 
I'm hoping it was profit taking and uh, maybe it's a little farmer selling going on because, or not in the farmer selling in the grains, but in the uh, cattle because cattle have had one hell of a run along with the uh, feeder cattle. They've uh, gained everything back they wanted or lost in that uh, plant fire. And um, I didn't look today, but as of yesterday, Packer margin was still in the upper 400s. So uh, I think they're still doing good. I think Tyson, they came out with earnings or something, and they missed their estimates by $100 million. They only made, what was it, three or $400 million this past year? $356 million, $369 yeah. million or something like that, yeah. That, I mean, that won't hardly buy the groceries. So it's awful. You know, um, but as far, you know, uh, what feeder cattle touched limit down in the, in the front month today. So uh, I think they finished a little off the limit. Let's see if I can, uh, I'll go over here to the livestock and check it out. Kind of um, like that South Park episode when, when their Napster guys were suing everybody and, and they're talking about how their children weren't going to be able to buy islands. <laughs> uh, I'm not a, a South Park connoisseur. I do appreciate it's comedy, but I just had watched enough episodes. But uh, yeah, so I guess well, the front month's really November, but it's really not. Uh, it's kind of taken. Um, January's taken over, but January was down, you know, four thirty at one forty two eighty two, and your March was down three fifty at one forty three three, and uh, so one forty three thirty two and a half, and then the April was down three twenty two at one forty four eighty two and a half, and the hogs they had a pretty tough day too. They were down anywhere from 160 in the December that put that at 63.12 and then your February is down a dollar at 74.55 and over in the April hogs man just down 27 cents so the little spread there um I'm very glad that I put on a full spread in the hogs yesterday because it really no I guess I did it today that really worked out but um <laughs> we um so yeah the cattle cattles were pretty tough and the uh live cattle was down Oh, 165 to 147. That puts what December at 118.10, and then live cattle at, in the February 124.10. So um, I think you know they were due for a pullback, and um, I was actually looking to get on the short side of them. But it looks like I'm, I don't know, probably not too late. I could probably retrace. Like if you go in January, you know you could probably let's see, I can get over here to the chart on it. Um, you know the retracement on what 38 percent. That's probably down. Um, well, it, it took a lot today. Let's see if I can draw a deal right here. Uh, Fibonacci retracement right there. Okay. So from the low back over here on, uh, let's see, that's uh, September, the about, what, 9th or 10th, to the high yesterday, uh, you're 38% still down at, well, it did a lot of work today. It got down to 23, at 23% retracement, which I don't ever pay attention to, but the 38%, that's all the way down to 139. So that's another, what, uh, Let's see, closed at 142.82. So, you know, that's another not quite a limit move, but um, it could do that pretty easily today. But it obviously broke the hard trend. I mean, we've rallied for what? We've rallied for since September 9th. So we've rallied all fall and last part of the summer. So uh, September 10th to November, basically two months. So um, it was due for a break back. Yeah. That, uh, I guess that, that plant house or that plant fire that happened back on August the 9th. And that's where a big gap down. And that was, yeah, we've gained more than we've gained way over that. So um, I'm not sure what, Pat, what uh, the cattle margin is on the producer side, but they, maybe they're making a little money now, maybe 50, I mean, 50 bucks. They're not making 400. So um yeah, it's probably it's time for a healthy little setback, I would say. Yep. Yep, sounds like it to me, man. But there like you know, there's just so many things going on right now that have to do with with agriculture and how that's going to affect things and it, you know, like the next couple months are going to be a an all an all segments of it, man, whether it's the crop side or the livestock side. There's so many things going on, especially if we get a deal done with China and what that looks like that phase 1 side of it. China's begging for that to be done. I mean, Assuming that I read everything correctly, but they're they're really like we really want to get this signed so we can get these get this still taken care of. So that's going to have a huge effect on what we see in the marketplace, and and uh, it's going to have a lot of. I think there's just there's tons of upward movement in in uh, in the markets if if certain things fall into place. Well, I mean that was what the phase one was supposed to be like fifty billion. Yeah, 50 I mean billion. that would be. That's almost unpre- I mean, you can almost say unprecedented on that and be accurate because right. what is our typical year to China? Uh, I don't know if that's just ag products. And no, no, that, that was, was ag products. Trade? That was ag products. Ag products. Yeah. yeah, 
that would be, I think the biggest year we had was 20 or something. Yeah. I can't remember yeah. the exact number. 50 billion, you'd almost literally, I mean, I hate to say this, but run out of uh, run out of grains. Yep. If I remember my facts correctly, that, that 50 billion was almost two and a half times yeah. larger than our largest export year to China. I mean, half of that would be a home run. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But that's a big if. So, um, because you just don't know what's going on. Um, you know, like I said, the impeachment deal, the impeachment deal will probably go through. They'll go to the Senate. It'll get thrown out and uh, we'll be, you know, back where we started. So um, China's probably, I'm sure China's watching that. Of course they are. Why wouldn't they? So um, they probably already know. They already know how it's going to hand out, uh, end up anyway. Right. So um, they're just probably biding time. And um, because, of course, they're what's still growing. I know, what, 8% last quarter or something, which is a, uh, anemic for them they've been growing for no 6.3 percent oh 6.3 okay which is like half uh, of what it normally is of course when you're a third world country you don't really have anywhere to go but up that's right yeah um eight percent would be unbelievable for uh for us but um yeah the trade deal it's a it's certainly a wild card but um and you know they'll watch the impeachment and then i mean of course they're obviously already watching the election so um, right now, I mean, I don't see, I don't see who's going to beat him. I mean, the polls say everybody's going to beat him, but I don't. Nobody's the majority of the country is not going to vote for a socialist. They're just not. Right. So, um, when Bloomberg's Bloomberg has popped his head in the race, but I don't figure he's. It's it's kind of already too late, I would say, unless people, you know, of course, people are rumbling about Hillary um, jumping in there. I don't. I mean, unless she's, just, which I mean, I know she's psychotic but, or a sociopath, but. Um, I don't mind. I don't know. You wouldn't think she'd have the health for it, but you know, in all this time of all these years, ever since 2000, I'm still surprised Al Gore hadn't come back into the mix. I am. I'm shocked. I guess he's just making too much money that he don't care. Yeah. I'm really shocked. He didn't come back into the fray. Yeah. Yeah. That Al Gore kind of just vanished. You know, he just disappeared. He did. I mean, He's making, I don't know what he's worth. He's worth two or three hundred million or maybe more. He's made just an absolute killing on this uh, global warming thing. Um, But I I guess, which he's not just, uh, let me see if I can pull up his age real quick. I don't know how old he is. He's not, I don't think he's as old as, uh, I don't think he's born March 31st, 1948. So yeah, he's he's 71. So yeah, he's, he's kind of starting to get aged out as well. So yeah, this says he's worth $300 million. Yeah, that's a that's a hard that's a hard day's work. And with all that global warming happening, all the houses he owns along the river, along the uh, the uh, ocean, man, you think he'd have a little more sense than that? You, you imagine how much energy it takes just to print three hundred million dollar bills. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's yeah. a lot of. I mean, they're mostly made of cotton uh, right. dollars or paper money is. But damn, maybe if he just keep making more money, he would sell. He would buy a did. I didn't know he was divorced. Tipper Gore, he got divorced. I didn't know that. Almost 10 years ago. Wow. Huh. She must have gotten too hot for him. Hey, oh. Yeah. You need sound effects on this podcast. He got a. I do have actually have a thing. For need a rim shot. But I don't it's know. It's too late now. I don't have a hookup now. Yeah, dang it. <laughs> but yeah, I'm surprised he hadn't gotten back in it. But he, this latest picture of him, he kind of looks like Death Warned Over or something. Yeah. 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 Yep. But um, yeah, politics is always in the fray. Yep. It's always in the fray. Well, it'll so, be yeah. interesting to see how it shakes out, Brent. Um, I'm waiting on bated breath, um, especially now that Disney has uh, come out. Ever do you have the Disney Plus thing? Uh, no, I'm not a big Disney fan. No, I've. Uh, I, uh, anyway, I guess they had that new Star Wars movie come out on Disney Plus. What yesterday? Their stock popped more than seven percent just i guess just on that dude that was so they paid four billion dollars for the star stars franchise and yeah have, i think they're gonna quadruple that by the time they're oh, actually yeah. done with it. oh that was yeah. that's a bargain oh it's cheap oh dude. yeah star wars the most um yeah is that the most uh profitable movie franchise ever i think so is, yeah yeah about have to be i mean they got their own uh amusement park at disneyland yeah. So, so yeah. which I mean, I'm a Star Wars geek. I'll admit it, but um, I do like. I don't. I mean, obviously, the ones when they started making the re- or the new sequ- prequels back in the early 2000s were awful. Yeah. I don't know how they got away with that. I guess because George Lucas was running the show. 
but the acting was oh my god it was awful the writing was even worse but um pretty yeah. stuff so th- th- i'm looking at this deal on the drudge report it says venice is on its knees after second worst flood ever recorded doesn't Venice have the streets of water? Yeah, I don't or know. That, I didn't realize they could flood a river. So I guess I didn't know. Uh, uh-uh. the worst flooding in Venice in more than fifty years prompted calls Wednesday to better protect the historic city from rising sea levels. As officials calculated, hundreds of millions of euros in damage. That's like what fifty bucks. <laughs> no, so, I know euro's still worth more than a dollar, but not much. No, Hell, I think 10, a euro is only about it's getting close to parity. Yeah, it's about eight or nine percent, something like that. Yeah, it's like a dollar. I think a yeah. dollar, one dollar, a uh, dollar. Dollar is like a dollar nine. Or dollar I mean, I'm sorry. Like one point one dollars is equal to one euro or something. It's getting tight, but uh, it says rising sea levels. That's rising sea levels is not the same thing as getting a bunch of rain. No, because they all everybody equates rising sea levels to melting glaciers. Yeah, and that's not the reason. Nope, no, that's that, the rain is a little different. That's a whole different thing. Yeah, it's a little different. Venice is on its knees. Maybe they mean it's knee deep. Could be. They might be it too. Could be. Need waiters. Yeah, like they. So in the main headline picture, they've got this chick sitting on a chair in the water, and it's like, and she's got these knee high orange boot. Oh, uh, looks like irrigation boots. I don't think she's going to go set tubes or anything. But she's sitting there in her black jacket and her Euro hat, and right. she's on her phone and then there's some hippie in the background walking in his knee high boots. So that's kind of questionable. So you would think they'd just buy pumps, like not the shoes, but well, actual yeah. water pumps. You would think, <laughs> you would think so. Yeah. But, uh, anyway, the whole world's going to hell in a handcart. That's right. That's right. All right, Brent. I feel like we have once again solved all the world's problems on a Wednesday night. And I think so. So if folks want to find the Dryland Farmer podcast or just reach out to Brent Carlson on any via any uh, any avenue out there, how, what's the best way to do that? Well, it's, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Trader Brent, and uh, that's the Dryland Farmer podcast. That's the main Twitter account for it. And uh, you can also find my Twitter companion at NoTwitland44, and we're all over the Global Ag Network. And everywhere you can find podcasts. Right on. Just like the Moving Iron Podcast. Right. And you can find Moving Iron Podcasts and all the great podcasting platforms out there that you can that you dare to venture into, as well as uh, you can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Moving Iron LLC. Check out movingironllc.com so you can uh, get the latest uh, Moving Iron Podcast as it drops, as well as the latest Moving Iron blog that's out there. So make sure you check out Global Ag Network, too, as well. They want you to... Uh, Check out that, that uh, what is it? The newsletter. I want to check out the newsletter that's there and subscribe to that for all the latest information for all the great hosts on the Global Ag Network uh, and all the information that's out there. So that being said, until next time, I am Casey Seymour for Brent Carlson. Out. Moving higher in the 21st century.